Welcome to Stories of Change and Creativity. I'm Judy Oscom, a university professor and strengths coach. I'm interested in the choices we make and the journey we take. On this episode, I talk with Marla Lackey. Marla has worked as a labor and delivery registered nurse for 25 years. After taking care of her dying parents, she discovered her passion for comforting others going through the grieving process. In our conversation, we discuss life, family, and her journey of what she calls spiritual aha moments. Marla Lackey, thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Judy. Now, you've had quite a journey over the last several years. Mm -hmm. Can you take us through how you went from one place to another and where that led you? And I've, I've been reading your blog for a while. I started off just as a labor and delivery nurse. That's all I wanted to do uh, growing up since I was a little girl, just wanted to work with babies and things like that. And so one of the things I never really wanted to do was work with uh, sick, sick, sick patients like oncology and things like that. Well, God had a different plan for me because my parents both ended up having cancer at the same time back in uh, 2005 and 2007. Uh, they were diagnosed with cancer about a year apart. And I was kind of thrust into this uh, role of being an oncology nurse, which of course I didn't want to do from the get-go. Was, that was not my forte. But I ended up being my parents' um, caregivers during their uh, cancer journeys. And I um, walked them through it. I became in no time flat. I became their counselor, their chauffeur, their cheerleader, uh, their caregiver, all rolled into one, you know, on top of being a nurse and a mom and a wife. And um, it was a very, very painful period of my of my life. It lasted for about a good six, six years. And they died uh, about 16 months apart. So to lose my dad was one thing. Uh, I was very, I was close to my dad, but not like I was with my mom. My mom and I were like, <laughs> we were just, bonded from the time I was conceived, you know, I was connected to her soul and, um, I was a mama's girl. And so losing her, it was absolutely devastating to me. And, um, I just, I just thought my world was going to end right after she passed away. I mean, with the double grief of my parents uh, passing. And I, I thought to myself, no, I had so much to offer, uh, people after my parents passed, especially, especially my mom. Because I was starting to, once I got out of my grief funk, I was able to start sharing the things that I learned um, with my parents' caregiving uh, process and, and the grief process. And that's when I knew, I'm like, you know what, I'm onto something here. You know, that's that really intense season of my life that I avoided from nursing school on. You know, I never wanted to work with that kind of thing. It ended up being a, a blessing in disguise. And um I just wanted to continue to offer that support and that hope to other people that if I can get through that tough journey, uh, so can they. When you went through that grief, do you remember, was there a point that you knew, okay, God does have a plan for me to share this? Yes, yes. And it, it also mostly started at work. I when I would go back to work and my coworkers were so kind. They're like, you know, my second family. And I'd start to share little stories like, oh, you know what? One time um, I dreamt of my mom and, and, and she came to me in a dream and she said this, or I saw a red bird. And, and I started sharing all these, um, these heavenly signs that I was getting and, and people, their eyes would light up and, and they'd listen. And then sometimes they'd come back to me and they'd say, you know what? That happened to me or tell me more or 
you should write a book. These, this is good stuff. And so the more I started sharing, like I said, once I got out of that grief funk, I was able to speak in complete sentences and share. That's when it hit me. And, and, and it's like, I, I felt like they were like God winks. You know, people were starting to tell me, you should write a book. You should start sharing this information, not just with us, but with everybody. And I, anybody, anybody that I could talk to, I don't care if it was somebody, a cashier in the grocery store, I would start to share, you know, something uh, about the grief process or about my little, um, you know, the things that uh, I were, was inspired by, by my mom and dad passing. Well, and, and is that when you started the blog then? Talk about the blog a little well, bit. Well, I was advised by, okay, because I wanted to obviously write a book, right? And that was my main focus. But I had went to some certain uh, workshops and, and went on pod, or listened on podcasts. And they all said, if you want to try to get your book out and for people to know you, you need to start writing a blog and, and start that off first. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, I didn't. And my niece helped me. She, she's a really good writer and editor. And so she started helping me. And I just started off small. I, I just got a little small little website and I just started sharing my little stories. There were just stories. It's not my opinions about things. And it was just, hey, this happened to me. And, and, and I would just share every little detail that I get, of the things that I would share with my coworkers and my family and friends. And then that started taking off. And of course, with that gained the confidence and my confidence started to build and the momentum started right then and there with the, that, that blog. And the name of the blog, Faith in a Tube of Lipstick. Talk about that, because that's a story in itself. Yeah, well, the, the name of the blog is the same as my book called Faith in a Tube of Lipstick. And this just kind of fell on my lap. And first of all, I have to say that my mom's, the two common denominators in my mom's life was her faith in God and her lipstick. And so while she was going through her, her cancer journey, her chemo, there was this very frail, pale lady that was sitting in the waiting room. And she was sickly. Obviously, she was a patient. And she came up to my mom and she says, you know, ma'am, every time I see you, you always look so good. You know, what is your secret? And my mom, she pulled out her lipstick from her purse and she says, faith and a tube of lipstick. And I just remember that lady's eyes just got really you know, big and, and they called my mom back for the appointment. And so we didn't get a chance to um, talk to her any further. So they called my mom back. We didn't see that woman for another few months. Next thing you know, we see her in the waiting room. And I look across the room and there she is looking colorful, looking robust. She looked great. I said, mama, that's that lipstick you showed um, that lady to look, look. And the lady saw us staring at her and she took her lipstick out and she waved it at my mom. And I said, mom, you don't even know this lady and you touched your life like that. And she says, I know. Okay, I guess. And she was very humble about it. I'm like, you guess my goodness you did. And so knowing that those two things were so important to my mom, I thought, why not? During her end journey, you know, as she was getting ready to transition home to her heavenly home, make sure those two most important things were, were part of her transition, which was prayer and her lipstick. So I made sure that as she was getting ready to go, if she cared enough to look good to go to HEB and go look good to go to the post office or when the exterminator come over, surely she would want to look good when her beloved and God and her heavenly team came to get her. So I made sure she had that, her lipstick on before she passed away. And oh, so that's uh-oh. how it, it just kind of it kept unfolding and unfolding in that way. Great story. Well, and so you, the book is called Faith in a Tube of Lipstick, A Daughter's Memoir of Hope Through Cancer, Caregiving, and Grief. Yes. So 
what do you want readers to learn from your book? I would want them to learn that there are blessings in the midst of pain. When you're caregiving someone, your parent, sometimes you get so caught up in, in the everyday uh, monotony of caring for your, you go kind of on, on, on autopilot, being so stressed out and overwhelmed. And I want them to understand these caregivers that there are blessings in the midst of pain of watching your loved one having it suffer is hard, but there are blessings in it. And what I show in my book is the full circle moments. The things that my mom taught me growing up is what I ended up teaching her right back during the caregiving and even in, through the grief process. So it's the full circle moments that happen. It's not just the bathing, feeding, uh, changing, things like that, full circle moments. I'm talking more of the spiritual components, uh, the life lessons, the things that my mom taught me. Um, I want my readers to see that for themselves, to find out, to see their own full circle moments unfold in front of them so that they can find the blessings and feel the joy. Because there are joy. There are moments of blessings and joy in the midst of that pain. You just got to have to be mindful of it. And I hope that my book serves that as a mindfulness tool for them to understand that, that they can find their own full circle moments. Can you give us an example of one of those moments, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Sure. Oh, there was a time, uh, well, I I talk about when I was very young uh, in high school, I went through a, a period where I was kind of just stuck in my own little pity party. I hadn't made it for cheerleader. I didn't make it for cheerleader. And I was just in this big, big, big funk. And the only way that my mom could get me out of that, that funk was to talk about gratitude. She was always into gratitude. You know, hey, did, did you write those thank you notes? Um, you better make sure to tell Mrs. So-and-so thank you for bringing you home. Everything was, was about gratitude. And uh, when I was coming out of my funk with, with high school, my high school drama, my mom was, let's think about the things we are thankful for. Come on, let's go. Come on. And that really helped me. Well, fast forward to my, you know, with my mom's cancer journey, she had, she was always this positive, always, always had a great attitude during her treatment, except for that time when she was on treatment number like seven or eight, where it took a toll on her. And she started falling into her little pit. And I was desperate. I had been praying. We all had been praying, you know, to help her get through. And to watch my mom dwindle in front of me was, was horrible. It was hard. And well, let me back up. Uh, one of the other things about gratitude is in the 90s, my mom and I also got on another bandwagon with the Oprah gratitude list. Oprah would always talk about uh, writing down things that, that, that you're grateful for. So not only did I have a childhood memory, but I had an adult memory too with my mom and I. We both did the gratitude journal the way that Oprah talked about in the 90s. Well, when my mom was going through her funk in the 2000s with, with her, her cancer, um, I said, hey, mama, do you remember, you know, what you taught me? And about, you know, being thankful and, and with, the, with the Oprah um, journals that we did. And she says, yes. I said, how about we do that? Let's get out our own journals. So we went to Walgreens. We got ourselves a little spiral notebook. And we started keeping track of all the things that we were grateful for during her cancer treatments. So like if there was free parking, I'd say, oh, mama, write that down. And she wrote free parking. Or, oh, the appointment only lasted 10 minutes. 10 minute appointment. We would write down whatever it was that we were grateful for. And I watched her just, just turn like, like no other. It was like within a matter of a day or two, she started becoming my mom again. It was, it was like her spirits rose and she was just uh, back to herself, but it had to take that gratitude to unlock the door for her to get back to her, 
her true self. And that was what she taught me growing up is what I ended up teaching her back, right back. So that's the well, moment. Well, and, and you were intentional. So there was a strategy there. So that's a tool that somebody yeah. can use who's listening yeah. or who's reading your book and say, okay, what can I do beyond the, the heavy lifting of the caretaking? Yes. But what can you do? And that is a great tool and a great strategy. Um, getting the notebooks, making mm-hmm. it making it a project between yes. the two of you. I think that's a great idea. Great, great idea. It was fun. And, and, and it was fun. We'd giggle, you know, we would giggle about it. Oh, write that down. Oh, that's fun. You know, or it was, we just would find the littlest things. And it was, that ended up being huge. And our pages would get fuller and fuller. We ended up having to get a second, a second binder. So it was great. It was a really, that was a really, really wonderful moment. And so what you awesome. did was you actually turned the narrative and you were looking for the good instead of dwelling in the bad, right? So you right. were actually proactively saying, let's look for the good. I, I, yes. I love that. I, yes. I, it's highly creative. And now you are helping others and people like me who have an elderly parent and will be facing challenges like that too. I mean, you know, you know, your book is such a good read for people that haven't gone through the process yet, right? And right. I have I have with my dad and and again, you know, I was close to my dad but super close to my mom. So um, mm-hmm. that challenge I feel like is coming for me, but again, I love the concept of looking for the small pleasures in life and looking mm-hmm. for the positive and, yes. and, um, and, and I, 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 you know, your book is probably helpful for caregivers as well, not just children of parents, right? Most definitely. Most definitely. It does obviously has the mother daughter tone to it of, of the parent, but there's plenty of people who have read it, who have come to me and talk, told me um, it wasn't parent related that they, that they used the book that, or, or, or that they found comfort in the book. Um, also in my book, it doesn't just end with my mom passing away. It talks about the ways that she has um, her spirit lives on and the way that she connects with me even now, the, the heavenly hellos. And so it's, it's, it also emphasizes that her love for me hasn't died, that love doesn't die. And that's, that's the hope. Not only, hey, you can get through the caregiving and grief process, but this is also how. It's, it's, it's that our parents can still show us their, their love for us through the heavenly signs. And I also get into that in the book as well to um, show people and, you know, that it's a powerful thing to have that kind of connection still, that spiritual connection. Until you see them again in heaven, you're still connected. Well, I think being open for that and looking for that, you know, you mentioned the red bird. So what other things have, have happened to you? Oh my gosh. Where, let me get my list out here. <laughs> oh my heavens. Well, um, I've got the red birds every time if I'm, I'm in despair, even like when I first went on my first Facebook live, I was so, so nervous. And I look out the window, right. As I was getting ready to go live. And I, asked, all I, right before that, I said, Oh, please, mom and dad, please just just be with me. Just help me. And I look and there's a female and a, and a male uh, red bird, right? Right. You know, hopping right in front of the, the, the window. And they just stood there and was, you know, chirping at me, looking at me and like things like that, where I'll be thinking about them or I'd be thinking about my mom and I'll get the red bird or um, pennies from heaven. I'll find pennies. I'll be thinking about my mom. Uh, one time I was, I did a blog post on it where I was uh, just having a little hard time as a mom. 
And I went on a walk and I said, oh, mama, I'm so sorry for all the ways that I I challenged you growing up. Now I know what you felt like, you know, the motherhood woes. And I looked down and there's this penny blaring from the, you know, shining from the ground. And I picked it up and the date on the penny was 1969, which is the, the, my, my birth year. This was a few years ago. How, what are the chances of finding a penny of my birth, you know, of 1969? And I knew, I just knew that was just my mom's because my mom loved pennies. She would always pick up pennies and say that those were little signs from her mom and dad. So she taught me what, it, what to look when our loved ones are thinking of us or, you know, when God orchestrates it just right so that you can feel their love. Um, oh, I get a lot of dreams. Lots of dreams where you wait, you feel like you're holding them. You feel like you're, you're, you can smell them. You can hold them, everything. And you wake up and sometimes you're so excited because you've seen them. And yet at the same time, it, get, it kind of makes you kind of grieve again because you miss them again. Like, oh, but then it's just a most exhilarating feeling to, um, to, to, to feel them in, in the dream. And, and I know that that's just God's way of helping us because if they were to show up in person, I'm sure I'd probably faint, you know, yeah. over, over, overwhelmed. So it comes to you, they come to you in your dreams. It's a very gentle, very beautiful way. And they always come back um, looking younger, looking healthier, looking more vibrant. My mom sometimes looks like she's always in her 30s or 40s. Um, my dad looks like he's in his 50s when he comes and talks to me and shares little messages with me. So those are just I think I always call them the big kahunas, the big kahuna signs when they come into a dream form. Well, I, I love your focus on getting the message out to help people. I love the helping mindset there and the growth mindset with this. And I think it's something people need. Now, uh, the book, Faith in a Tube of Lipstick, A Daughter's Memoir of Hope Through Cancer, Caregiving and Grief. Where can people get the book? They can get it. Uh, they can go to my website, uh, marlalackey.net, and you can order it there. Um, just click on the website there, and um, it leads you straight to Amazon, and it's right there. You just click on Amazon. That's great. Uh, so so Amazon and Kindle, and we'll, we'll put the information on the show notes. Uh, Marla, I want to thank you for sharing your journey, your story, um, some good strategies for all of us to think about, about connecting now and beyond. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for listening to Stories of Change and Creativity. Check out the show notes for more information about this episode. You can find this podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, reach out to me at judyoscom.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.